So, Khalil, I was thinking the other day about, you know, the movie It's a Wonderful Life? Yeah, I know that movie. So, like, what do you think, right? If if you could do It's a Wonderful Life with your white friends that you know you are the only black, like, influence or presence in their life, uh, what? how do you think that their life would be like without you in, in their life? Like, if, if you could dip into the future of, of uh-huh. uh, the future of what could have been what, what what do you what do you think what do you think that would be like so i i i think to my one friend um and i'm thinking about 2020 to be honest with you um because of how he responded to the protests in 2020 i'm thinking that if I had never like shown him how to turn up and <laughs> took uh, four locos into his college dorm room, that right now he'd be the sheriff of his <laughs> county. And, <laughs> and it would not look good for the uh, black residents of his uh, district. <laughs> um, so, and I say this based off the the tiniest of evidence and really what it came down to is my man vehemently defended drew Brees after he had came out and said that he wasn't about standing during the uh i mean sitting or kneeling during uh protests and i and that that hurt me to the core Mm -hmm. and I had a full-on conversation with him for hours. Hours? Just a, just hours, man. Oh, just man. back and forth talk, uh, talking about why Drew Brees legitimately fucked up. And all I'm saying is if I, if I hadn't distracted him with beer, Black Dynamite, and Magic the Gathering... Oh. Things might have been a little different. The the, the potent trio. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's how I got through college. I don't know how everybody else. Did. Um, but yeah. Any any other any, any other friends? You know, I, I I don't know about my other friends. Uh, one of my friends was lucky enough to go to uh, a vast majority black school, and he was the coolest white man I I'd ever met. Oh, he sounds dope. Yeah. Although he was a little iffy in 2020, I was uh, I was a little worried about 20. him because I saw him with a, next to a picture of a Trump sign. He had a thumbs well, up. But listen, 2020, 2020 is the shake well of years. You know what I mean? Like when you right. you, you 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 get like a liquid. Uh, uh, I don't know. It could be a beverage. It could be any any something that has to do with liquid. It tells you to shake well. Okay, that, mm-hmm. which implies that the product as you receive it is not its final form. And after you shake it, yeah, right, might. and everything mixes, that's what you're supposed to use. That's what you're supposed to drink or whatever, right? 2020 <laughs> was the shake well of white folks, okay? Those <laughs> those who did not come out, you know, looking clean, I don't know, man. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, but yikes. That's going to be a yikes for me. <laughs> right. So, So do you have anybody that you would think? Oh, would be completely transformed. Well, see, <laughs> I've got I've got 
I've got a bit of a story, I guess. Ooh. So I'm I'm excited. It's it, it's got. Let me warn you. It's got some twists. It's got some turns. All right. Now what? No, I love a good story. Don't get me wrong. Now you know you you know and I know which college that I graduated from, and I won't I won't say what the name is. Don't say no I names. Will not I will not snitch on it. Okay. Mm-mm. And we, you and I, know, both know that the college is very like super Catholic. Like it's ca- it's a Catholic ass college. Okay, mm-hmm. and it also happens to be a wet campus, which means obviously that you know you can have alcohol on on the premises if you are of age. Now, I hope I hope that is not in a, enough information for people to track me. Probably is, but you know what, YOLO. Um, <laughs> But so you also see you also know that I am a nerd ass nerd. Okay, I'm just I'm I've never I'm not cool. Have never been cool. Will never say that I am cool. All right, I was a nerd ass nerd, and so I guess for that reason, it should not shock you or anybody else that this story (laughs) begins at a uh, um, a seasonal philosophy department pizza party <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> stay with me stay with me okay now, that's a hook <laughs> yes so now they let just anybody like they just let students run the the fucking uh uh you know like department parties N- none of the none of the professors ever showed up like they just they just let the students do whatever so naturally mm-hmm. at this get together you know me and the philosophy boys we just drank a whole lot of alcohol and we had and we we rented a projector and we screened a showing of of interstellar okay and so it was just it was it was it was uh just a bunch of of weird ass dudes getting drunk as shit watching interstellar in like fucking one of the abandoned uh you know classrooms at night Okay, it just it, and it's as insufferable as you can imagine, right? Everyone's talking about metaphysics or some mm-hmm. some bullshit, but anyway. Oh yeah, that sounds like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> now, now there's this there's this one dude, my my main man at the time, who we who, we'll call him Mister J. All right, we'll call we'll call him Mister J. All right. Now this this should show you how repressed. <laughs> that fucking school was because Mr. J and I were the only ones in the philosophy department, mind you, that partook in the merriest of Janes, if you catch my meaning. Okay. And so here we are, here we are, we are, we are mm-hmm. all, we are faded. And he, he turns to me and he says, drunk as hell. yeah, drunk as hell. He says, Hey man, I got some green in the whip. Let's let's go to the parking lot and smell some. And I was just like, all right, I'm, I'm good with that. Because when he said that, he implied that it was going to be his own weed, right? So I'm like, okay, right. yeah, that's yeah, let's go, let's go. Tis the season, Of right? course. So we we head over to his, his Jeep. Yeah, you know, his, his family was, was, was well off. They were well off. They were rednecks, but well off. And yeah, so we're course. sitting, chilling. You know, the, the J is lit. We were passing it back and forth, just bullshitting, right? Then out mm-hmm. of nowhere, this man breaks down. Like, I'm not talking crying, right? He just up and just completely, like, it was, it was, 
I can honestly say it was one of the only re- like record scratch moments of my life. Like I could hear the record scratch in my head. <laughs> okay, when this happened. Probably asking how I got here, right? <laughs> exactly. And by this time, we're we're both I mean, we're crossfaded, right? I'm high as fuck. I'm drunk as hell, right? Like shit is just it's moving at its at 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 a at a pace that I'm not used to. So anyway, mm-hmm. he says he, he breaks down and he's and he starts saying he's like, look, man, I just want you to know that, uh, you know, I value our friendship so much. And, you know, like it, it I, I didn't know what to think of you freshman year. But like, I'm so grateful that I was about to yeah, say yeah, this yeah. man say nigga all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, I'm so I'm so grateful that, you know, that I met I met you and everything. Uh, and, and you because I, I, I just want you to know that, like. I come from a family like me and my family like we're we're racist. <laughs> like he just he said he said oh, wait, 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 he said, what the he fuck? said we're racist and you know for the longest time I I I, I believed that that black people were subhuman. Like he said the word subhuman to me. And, Yo, this yeah, man really showed you his clean yeah, rules. He did, and I, <laughs> and I'm just like I'm looking at him right, and my at this at this time my brain shut off okay like I, I i didn't like blank out or anything but my brain was just like see you negro i'm done i'm right. done we're, we're we're not gonna yeah no we're not gonna comprehend anything there's no else. way you can have a conversation yeah, yeah. With we're not man. gonna comprehend anything else so you're you're, you're on your own so i i'm, I'm staring at him just kind of like huh just i i didn't know what else to say i'm just like Huh? And he's like, "Yeah, man, you know, you you really helped me uh, uh, challenge uh, some some of the some of the beliefs that I've had since since I was since I was really young, okay. And if you think if you think the story is gonna end there, right, you are sadly mistaken because it gets weirder. And, Yo, my mind is just blown right <laughs> and so now. So he said, "No, like, you you're not ready for this. You're not ready for this." So he says, um, after that, he says uh, he drops another bomb on me, and he's like. Man, and, and like I know, I, I see the way that you look at. Um, okay, well, I'm not going to use her real name. Uh, I, I see the way you look at Brittany, right? And and mm-hmm. Brittany is, is is his girl, the girl that he's dating. And now, like Brittany, Brittany, Brittany's fine. Okay, Brittany, Brittany's okay. attractive. Brittany bad. She's, she's bad, but not in like a traditional way. I feel like I have like a strange sort of sort of like kink for repression, <laughs> like just oh, like okay. pure Puritan yeah. repression. Like she like. Think like Angela from The Office, you know what I mean? Okay. But she she didn't look like her, obviously. Like clearly she was hotter than her. But like I'm talking about like like turtlenecks and shit. You know what I mean? Like right, I, it's, it's like it's, like she suck your dick and then go say prayer. Something afterwards. like that. Something like that. And and it's just okay. like it, if I can get J- Japanime on you for a second, mm-hmm. um, ray like so, something like that. Something. But okay. But that's not that's not that's not part of the. the I digress. Okay, that's that's we're we're going off we're going off we're going off here. I can I can I can see the attraction. Okay. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But so <laughs> he says, I see the way that you look at Brittany. Okay. And then this man says to me, he says, and I've talked to her about it, and it's a and it's oh, it, and it's a shame <laughs> that she's not into, and. He uses the hard R. He says it's a shame. No, he it's didn't. It's a shame she is not into hard R's because I would love to have made you our third. 
Okay. Yo, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with this man? So, like I told you earlier, by this time, my brain has absconded. It is, it's gone. All right? And I just, I stare at him. And you, you're probably not going to believe what I did. But I, I, I promise you it's true. I stared at him for a long moment. Jay burning in his hands. He has not passed it since he started this. Okay? I look at him. That's just fucked up. I look at the Jay and I said, man, you've been letting that shit burn way too long. And I took it from his hands and I smoked the rest of it. In the car, silence. <laughs> we did not speak while this was going on. And when I was done, I opened the door. We we gave each other a mutual head nod. And after that, never spoke to him again. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the End Pass. It's me, your host, Cam, with my wonderful co-host, my boy, Khalil. Say what's up to the people, Khalil. Hey, what's up? It's Khalil Ziglin, a.k.a. 24 Sun. You know what it is. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, man, we made it. We're back. We are back. The people have spoken. We have arrived. We're here, okay? Listen, if, if, if you were joining us for the first time, you have the 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 good fortune to be in the presence of some of the 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 truest blacks on the planet we are on our oled shit on this show okay the truest deepest darkest blacks you've ever met i've been i have been called the darkest black of course of course you know like that's just that's just how we do over here all mm -hmm. right now if you are joining us for the first time this segment of the show is what it's all about. It's, it's what the namesake is all about. And it's very simple to explain. All it is is Khalil and I are presented with a, a list of fictional characters. And from that list, we decide which one of those characters are, uh, are, are given the N-word pass and which ones aren't. It's that simple. It's that stupid. Let's roll it. Let's do it. All right, look, the streets is hot right now for this man, okay? We've got, we've got the Grinch up right now, all right? Mm -hmm. The Grinch is everywhere now. It is, it's Grinch season. Everyone's taking the Grinch pill, okay? Mm -hmm. Who is it? Is it, is it Kylie? One of the Jenners uh, uh, or Kardashians, one of them is, has, has uh, released a, a Grinch-focused like, makeup palette. Like you know, you know that shit's real. Everybody's getting Grinchified. Oh, shit, what? Yeah, everyone's getting Grinchified. It's the year of the Grinch. Okay, if you don't know, now you know. All right, and this is this is who we have up first. We got the Grinch. Now look, mm -hmm. Khalil, if if you don't it. mind, I want to take this man's up. I want I, I want I want to start with him. Tell me about this man. Okay, look, the Grinch is a mm -hmm. thug. My man oh, is a definitely. stone cold. Thug with mm -hmm. a capital T. All right. Like, look, my man, my man looked at, looked at the holiday, the holiday Christmas. Mm -hmm. Okay. Pulled up to where Christmas stay and said, 
I don't like your colors, G. By and himself. By himself. By himself. And he said, I'ma run those pockets on Christmas. Right. He he pulled up to Christmas in front of in front of his peoples and said, Run them pockets and them Jays look nice too. <laughs> he, 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 took them shit. he really he took, did. He took them the Grinch the the Grinch he he didn't just listen it says the Grinch the the the, the title is the Grinch stole Christmas right mm-hmm. I don't like that I don't like that that's too nefarious the Grinch finessed Christmas he did <laughs> he, he he did it with such uh you know like such a debonair uh a, a degree of 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 you know aristocratic uh, you know, fluidness, right? Just mm-hmm. like, just poetry in motion, right? The way that he was able to hoodwink those motherfuckers in in in, in Whoville, okay. And not only that, I'm I'm speaking straight from the Survival Scrolls, right? And the Survival Scrolls mm-hmm. are, you know, the 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 Jim Carrey Grinch. That's who I'm talking about, okay? Okay. And in the Jim Carrey canon, all right. Not only not only did the Grinch finesse christmas get everybody uh-huh. to love him in the end right and 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 you know chase that 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 bag that heart he he grew it he grew he grew grew his heart you know three sizes or whatever the fuck okay he pulled the baddest in whoville i'm talking about <laughs> martha may Huvier, dog <laughs> okay name me one other baddie like that in whoville you can't no, not and at all. The Grinch strip is just undeniable. Okay, it's just, it's unreal. Look look at that man. I would I would cop anything that he sold. The Grinch gets it. The Grinch absolutely gets it. And it's and not the, a Christmas. It's not a Christmas miracle for that. No, and and the skill in which he he approached his whole thing, like he fucked up a whole entire town in one night. Yes, like. He finessed the town. (laughs) Like, he really ran everything and was like, oh, I like your Christmas, dog. Yeah. I'm going to have it. He really did that shit. Okay. You know, rappers are always talking about who's really in the field. Mm -hmm. Who's really doing this shit. The Grinch is doing it. He did it himself. Self-made millionaire. He was in the trenches. He was grimy with the worst with the with the worst of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He only had one shooter at his, w- w- with him. You know, Max right. the dog. That's it. That's it. He took care of business. And the- and then to follow up that shit after you know he got a heart or whatever. Um, okay, yeah, you know he he gave that shit back and got no repercussions. None. You know what I'm saying? None. He he ate the cookies. Mm-hmm. He took the ornaments. Mm, he ate their cookies. He ate their cookies. He tucked up their whole fridge. He, he and ain't nobody say nothing. He he got that bag, man. He he right. finessed it. He got like he the Grinch is is the ideal, right? He's like he exactly. he hit a lick on a whole da- damn town on the whole damn town. That's unapproachable unapproachable okay the Grinch is undeniable you can't you gotta give it to him man he's, he's got it mm-hmm. he gets it he, he's got the impasse the Grinch congrats congrats buddy we're here for you yeah no I, I agree with you wholeheartedly um he, he even had his own he even had the Santa drip on mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, just just rocking the colors of the season, bro. Um, and yeah, okay. just intrinsically knew that the green of his, I mean, that the red would be accentuated by the green of his. Oh, no, of course, you know of I mean? course, of course, bro. He's got a song dedicated to how bad he is. Right. You know, like some dude was really was really that pressed about the Grinch that he had to come up with a diss track that only made the Grinch seem cooler. You know what I mean? You can't fuck with the Grinch. He no, really whipped it. He all. whipped the shits, man. He's with it. Mm-hmm. The Grinch gets it. All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's, let's see who's up next. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Charles. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. All right, we got Rudolph. We got Rudolph. <sighs> you you, you want to start or should I? I mean... I ain't got no nice words to say about this no, man. No, no. Can, can, can I interject, actually? Yeah, absolutely. Rudolph, my brother, free yourself from bondage. Okay? Free yourself oh. from the slave driver known as Claus. Right. Okay? Free yourself. Mm-hmm. Have some self. Love yourself, brother. L- Rudolph. Rudolph saw... All of his friends, you know, just getting pulled by Santa each Christmas night. And when the fall came and everybody was going to have a little bit of relief, going to have a day off in this bitch. He was like, let me help. What the mm-hmm. fuck is wrong no, with you, yeah, But like, he ain't, he ain't even, he ain't even close with the other reindeers like that, right? Like they, they would just clown the shit out of him. You know what I mean? And he was just Mm -hmm. so pathetic, right? Like he was, he was so such a, such a goody two shoes that he had to, you know, like he, he would do anything, anything to fit in. You know, that's just, that just ain't thug material. You know what I mean? Like he does, he's, he's not chasing no bag. He's, he's practically killing himself to work for, the slave the slave master let's call him what he is right who couldn't give two shits about him and in fact made fun of him for being for having a genetic defect that shit is whack i mean i've 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 talked to the elves um i've talked i've talked to a couple of reindeer but i don't fuck with reindeer like that you know the reindeer the reindeer games they uh they're a little too wild of course Uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. get out of hand a little bit i talked to them i talked to the elves and they said Santa ain't paid them in about a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Some bullshit. Mm-hmm. I want, and they making they making the toys. You know what I'm saying? Bro, they need Santa don't do shit. He, you, what Santa needs to do? Get off his ass and start mm-hmm. and get to work on the forty candy canes in a gingerbread house. Okay, reparations right. for 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 the elves for. You know the mm-hmm. reindeer, everybody, everybody involved in the in that fucking you know that sweatshop, and the North Pole. Right. That's that. The elves, the elves is in the North Pole chopping and bagging, mm-hmm. right? And Santa is this tired ass, fat ass distro who can't even get around without the reindeer. Mm-hmm. Like he can't move. Exactly. And he don't want to share any of the profits of the weight. <laughs> 
You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I'm I'm calling for a North Pole general strike. That, <laughs> that's should. what we need. Enough, enough, enough is enough. Don't Rudolph, love yourself, my brother. Okay, uh, cast off your chains and realize mm-hmm. who your masters are and overthrow them. Mm-hmm. Okay, you 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 can do that. But as it stands, as you are right now, as you are in the canon, you ain't getting it, dog. You ain't getting it. No, nah. no, nowhere close. Nah. You know, do nah. yourself better. Not with that bitch ass red nose. Not no, not at all. No, not nothing, at all. Nothing. You know, like the Grinch. See, the Grinch made it work for him. He made his deformity work for him. Right. He 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 mm-hmm. he chased the bag. Okay. He wasn't looking. He, he wasn't bag. looking to suck up to to the who's. He said who who, no. who the who's. Who that? I'm not. I'm not about that. And the Grinch. Mm-mm. He finessed the town. He stuck them up, and they ended up loving him. You know, you could you could learn a thing or two, Rudolph. All right, we're done with you. All right. Yeah, move on. On to the next one. Happy birthday, Frosty the Snowman! It's a fairy tale they say. He was made of snow, but the children know how he came to life one day. All right, we got Frosty. So can I talk about my man Frosty? Go for it. Go for it. Quick? Go for it. Can I? Can I? Go ahead. Can I? Go ahead, G. Talk about my talk man. Talk your shit, G. Frosty talk your shit, G. And and his absolute beautiful, just elegant drip. Oh, please. That he is go rocking. forth. I. It's it's simplistic, mm-hmm. but. It's also, you know, it's also just because he has that extremely white skin. And, you know, ain't nobody, ain't nobody faulting brothers for being ashy. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not, that's mm-hmm. not what we're doing here. Aloe vera. I mean, sometimes we do. Hashtag Kratos is ashy. Yeah, he, he but, ashy. Uh, but, like, I get it. Sometimes you need a little cocoa butter and you ain't got that on you. Mm-hmm. But the pipe and the hat. It's cool as fuck. Okay. And that's what I love about Frosty the Snowman. Yo, the lid clean. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Can't dispute that. The lid clean. Right. Right. Like, if you if he had the brim tilted just a little bit, mm-hmm. I think I think that he could pull the baddest in, in all of the town. I think that he could get him a little snow bunny, if you will. True. True. Um, yeah. He, he, he could pull the snow bunnies with that. If, 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 if mm-hmm. I may, I would say let's let's upgrade it a little bit. Okay. I don't know what kind of okay. top hat that is, but get him a a a Thanos flat brim. Okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Or or an N, or an NY flat brim. Get him some Tims, mm-hmm. and he, he'd be unstoppable. Right. He'd be crushing. Who who gonna stop this man in the wintertime? time? Not me. Not me. Mm-mm. Not me. Not not Big F. Not Big F. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, and. Now, and is Frost? Wow, is Frosty black? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think he's black. Oh, okay. So he just—he's just a white man. But yeah, because for one thing, if could you imagine if in those days when Frosty came out, if if they thought that he was African, they wouldn't let the white children play with him. Oh no! Absolutely, absolutely not. not. So maybe I guess I answered my own question right there, but I'm I'm thinking of 
his mannerisms, right? Because we we established mm-hmm. he's got the drip going. Okay, right. he's got he's got the pipe, he's got the hat, he's got the nose. You know, mm-hmm. um, I feel like the buttons could use a little work. Maybe maybe we 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 fashion that out of like you know like black diamonds or something. You know what I mean? Right. But mannerisms and the way that he talks and like his origin, I don't I don't know if that speaks, you know, black to me. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, I I just wanted to applaud this man on his stylistic choices. Okay, okay. Uh, I think that um, I don't know I don't know about y'all, but to me, as a black man who grew up in the slums of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. I was my ass wasn't making no snowmen when the snow was coming around. Of course not. Right. Like I was too busy trying to survive mm-hmm. to real. I mean to take this time out. To create Frosty, let alone hang out with him in the streets. And if if something were to happen in the slums of Philadelphia, Frosty the Snowman would not be able to step it up and help a brother out. Could you? Could you I could you imagine how mm-hmm. fast that motherfucker would return to inanimate if <laughs> if if he needed a hat as drippy as that to. Uh, survive to be to be you know fully autonomous because because that's the lore isn't it Absolutely. they put the hat on and he, he comes mm-hmm. to life right you 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 make frosty in philadelphia he's he, he'll be alive for a couple seconds oh they would they would have ran him for his oh, head. of course absolutely and them jays look nice too but them jays look nice too though <laughs> Frosty Frosty is not surviving. Not surviving a couple no. seconds. So he 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 absolutely he absolutely has to be Caucasian. Frosty right. is winding. No, you you're absolutely right about that. But anyway, I think we've come to the end of things, Khalil. I think that that is that is all the time we are required to spend on this show. As always, it's been a pleasure to to hang out with you, talk about this dumb shit. Um, this has been great. And I, I hope that everybody listening had a great time, um, as much fun listening to it as we we had recording it. Um, I am not sure when we are going up uh, for the second like round or whatever. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, if you like it, please vote for us. We we like votes. We want to keep please keep do. keep doing the show and advancing. So if you liked it, please give us a shout. Give us a vote. Uh, we appreciate it very greatly. Uh, until then, hope to talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Mr. Grinch, Mr. Grinch, your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. Welcome back to Podliest Cast Greenhorns. It's the Deadliest Catch recap show you never knew you wanted. Uh, I am your Captain Randy, and with me, as always, is my first mate and dad and the biggest deadliest catch fan i know it's kevin welcome to the show kevin thanks randy it's good to be back and do this again <laughs> it really is it really is so good it feels like um every time we record we we are just reminded of 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 how much great content there is in this and what a good idea it always was absolutely <laughs> um how are you uh, i notice um so we just finished watching season one episode two of deadliest catch which we'll get to in a minute um but uh i noticed that you're sipping on i think a whiskey and 
ginger or is it a whiskey and bubbly? It is bubbly. Uh, what flavor bubbly? I believe this one is the cherry. Oh, whiskey and cherry, cherry yeah, bubbly. I'm, I'm off the sugar, so you know I had to go with something that that has no sugar in it. So no more ginger ale, just the bubbly with my high class Jim Beam. Hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, very high class. No, that sounds like a that sounds like a pretty good, pretty good no sugar drink. I found a little tiny bottle of Barefoot Moscato in the garage fridge, and that is what I have been sipping on. And I've got to say, it is way too sweet. Um, <laughs> I don't like it. That's probably why it's been in the garage fridge for a year. Yeah, it's uh, it's not great, but you know, it's what I've got. Um, uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling today? It's the holidays. It's Christmas week. We're two days away from Christmas. Um, we are so ready for Christmas, and yeah. just have to let the pressure and the stress fade away as we host Christmas Eve tomorrow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's going to be uh, a barrel of fun. Um, <laughs> maybe maybe we shouldn't even wade into that necessarily. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess without any further ado, we should just jump into it. We we are fresh off of watching season one, episode two of Deadliest Catch, as I said, and we are about to, to recap it for you here. Um, I guess we'll start with, um, I mean, first impressions of this episode. I felt largely the same as the first episode <laughs> to be honest in my opinion um it did not so what i'm i'm struggling with one thing a little bit with this first season i think which is that it feels like there's just it does not feel like there's a consistent narrative thread forming with any of these ships or their crews um it feels like it's a very kind of loose collection at this point of you're just sort of cutting between different crews, and I, I at times am feeling like, wait, which ship is this? Which, uh, which guys are these? What is their kind of deal? Which I guess it is the first two episodes, so maybe that's fair to what, be feeling that way. But what you're struggling with is that they don't know what they're doing yet. Yeah, I think you and might be so right. If you compare season one with, say, season ten you're just going to see a huge difference in the quality of the production and they're trying to figure everything out. Yeah. Like I said, the last time we were together, at least they have micro. Yes, absolutely. He has a, a magnetic charisma to him. Um, and it truly is. It feels like the only thing holding the whole show together. I mean, it felt like they were so pressed for content in this episode that they went back to uh, who we talked about in the last episode, Kevin Davis, the guy who went overboard and right. almost died in the previous season, uh, fishing season, not television season. Um, they, they went back and talked about him again one episode later in this episode we just watched, which is just like, you really needed to pad your time that much? Um, very, very odd choice to me creatively. Um, uh, but But yeah, and they are still, they're very much... It feels like as the as the show went on, um, even though the show is always about how kind of dangerous this job is, um, it feels like as the show went on, it became less about like, it feels like they're really trying to sensationalize this work. They're really trying to point out like, so somebody might die. You better keep watching because somebody might die here. Right. I found <laughs> that kind of odd. I wonder, is the cliffhanger going to be the 
the uh, you know guy that they're searching for, and they're just not going to quite show us that. That mm-hmm. seemed a little odd, but I really thought the episode was about repairs and yep. how they do repairs on the water, and the anticipation of the first set and pulling the first pot over the rail, and that's what they keep going to is did did they score or not? Am they getting two thousand dollars a pot, or is it a blank? Absolutely. And I did, I did take a picture of the crab count, um, that they put up, uh, partway through the episode. Um, we had, so I guess first, actually, I'll just, I'll run down, I'll I'll run down who our captains are this season. We've got Sig Hansen on the Northwestern, Roger Strong, uh, on the Saga. Um, we have, uh, Vince Shavender of the Lucky Lady, um, uh, Peter Lisk of the Lady Alaska, uh, Blake Painter of the Maverick, Larry Hendricks of the Sea Star, and Coleman Anderson of the Western Viking. Oh, and Tony Larusa of the Fierce Allegiance. Did I say that one already? Most of which none of us have ever heard of if you didn't watch the first season. Exactly. A lot of these guys. A lot of these guys don't come back. They're not necessarily the most compelling personalities. Not. I mean, Sig Hansen. Of course, we would exclude from that. We're big fans of Sig Hansen uh in this house um uh he's probably the only really major major captain in the first season right uh, there is one other who made it for a couple of seasons but most of them just kind of faded away but it, what what was something that I didn't remember was there there are 251 boats who all went out mm. to start the season they were with 1,200 people on board the 251 boats chasing $70 million jackpot. And so I, f- I think if you break that down, that's like $278,000 a boat. But that's not the way it works because folks like Sig Hansen bring home a million dollars. So mm-hmm. there are small boats out there that are not making much money and mm-hmm. are risking their lives to do this job. Right. And it sort of works on commission almost where it depends on how much crab you pull in that's how much money you make um it's not like so because because they're like their wages or whatever they were saying on the show they're risking their lives for less than minimum wage if they're not catching crab right um so in that sense it seems like gambling right like you're in vegas and it, it is yeah i think very much like gambling yeah that's 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 a scary way to make a living but you know there are those who make a really good living doing it and even deckhands that can make thirty, forty thousand dollars in just a few weeks mm-hmm. if they're on a good boat. Yeah, and and as I was saying with the crab count that came up on the screen partway through the episode, I mean the Northwestern was at zero at that time. Meanwhile, you know the Saga and the Fierce Allegiance were over thirteen hundred, the Sea Star over sixteen hundred. Um, so <laughs> at that point, zero is not where you want to be. Although I think the Northwestern probably ends up doing better by the end of the season yeah i think sig will be okay yeah (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) yeah i think he knows he knows what he's doing um and the sea star is a bunch of old dudes yeah they're they're like i I don't know if they're approaching my ripe old age of 60 but they are very old to be out there and dealing with 20-foot waves fog at night trying to catch ten thousand crab at 25 dollars a crab yeah i mean just not 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 great for them and but even 
even worse maybe for uh the western viking who kind of disaster struck upon this episode uh they they're so basically if you for the listener at home if you're not familiar with the ins and outs of of how crabbing boats work um which i don't know why you would be um because <laughs> i certainly wasn't before doing this show um but they basically have these huge tanks inside the ship where they keep the crab uh that they have caught and sorted um and they have these things called bin boards that separate the parts of the tank and keep the crabs uh stable and safe and so those things broke on the western viking uh which is coleman anderson's ship um and basically what can happen there is if one of the crabs dies they release a toxin from their body which in a tank that small can kill other crabs can kill up to 10 crabs causing a chain reaction where one crab kills 10 kills 100 right and it can very quickly ruin your whole catch right um so very bad situation for them they're trying to fix stuff on the fly they're welding you know on a wet <laughs> boat deck uh looks extremely dangerous to me um I mean, just terrifying situation. I, I, I truly, you know, on the one hand, I, I find it sort of, I mean, hats off to these guys who are so willing to do this work, uh, that's so dangerous for, you know, relatively, you know, low pay, unless you sort of like win, win the lottery, as we were saying. So that um, we can go to Red Lobster and get our crab legs. <laughs> exactly. So we can go to Red Lobster and get our very cheap crab legs. Right. Um, and, but on the other hand, you know, it's just terrible. It seems like no way to live to me. I could never do it. Uh, it seems just awful. Well, and think about what these guys are doing. Um, something that came up in this episode was that on Sig Hansen's boat, he had 200 pots and it took them 15 hours just to drop the pots and get them in the water so they could start fishing. Mm -hmm. So they're working for 15 hours straight. And then they have to wait 24 hours. So kind of what I wondered is what, do, what do they do during that time? You know, are they, you know, they're not sleeping for 24 hours. I assume they get a nap, but that's something that the, the episodes have never really delved into is what do they do during the downtime? Right. You know, there's, there's not supposed to be recreational activities on the boats. So, um, that, that's a, that's a gap for me. Yeah, presumably, I think that they, I mean, they do have a lot of setup work in between, uh, you know, uh, splashing the pots and picking them back up. Um, they have a lot of setup work, but I can't imagine it's 15 hours of setup work. Maybe that's where um, the pranks come from. Yeah. <laughs> catching air, which was something that was uh, interesting during this episode of yeah. how they t time the waves and jump to get airtime that actually looked like fun although i'd probably bust an ankle if i tried it yeah i could see that going very poorly for for anybody but it does look legitimately fun they yeah. like they're getting it's hard because of the camera angle but it looked like you know a good few feet of air right. um and you know three or four seconds in the air yeah which is uh, I mean, you don't get a lot of chances to do that in normal right. life. Yeah. It seems pretty fun. It's almost like, uh, being on the moon or something. Um, uh, yeah, that, that, that looked very fun. Another thing that's fun. Um, I always, when, when this show would be on when I was younger, um, my favorite thing was always when the sonar screen comes up 
that graphic is just cool. It just looks cool. Yeah, you see where all the boats are in relation to one another. It's obviously not real sonar (laughs) in any way. It's just a map that they have animated, but uh, it looks cool. What I take from that is I had no idea the uh, impact of, of, of watching Deadliest Catch when you were just a wee lad had on you that it would bring us <laughs> to this point. Yeah, it's clearly left uh, left a deep a deep impression on my mind. Um, the yeah, you didn't know I was going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, and it and it sort of has uh, almost um, that two thousands like CG. It has almost like a uh, like a born identity kind of aesthetic. Another thing that was very formative <laughs> for me watching in this house. We watched a lot of Born Identity and Born Supremacy. Um, <laughs> it's sort of similar aesthetic in that radar. They feel like a lot of those computer screens that you see uh, in the Born Identity movies uh, look very similar to that. Um, a lot of uh, just sort of like coding script in like green or, or white font. <laughs> um, very crude early 2000s computers. Um, uh yeah, so uh, I mean, moving down to um, uh, Captain Larusa. Sorry, uh, pausing there to find find his name in my notes. Um, he uh, he had a pretty bad week this week, right? He was the one who gambled trying to um, go to fifteen year old fishing grounds or, or fishing grounds that hadn't been used in right. 15 years. Right. Um, which seems kind of wild, but it, it does seem like, and in my memory, not just from these two episodes, but in my memory of the whole show, it seems like even the most experienced captains will every season, it at least one of them will make just a wild decision about where they're going to fish. <laughs> right. They're just, they're doing everything they can to find the crab. And it does seem like every season or two, somebody says, I'm going to go try that spot that's been dry for 30 years Mm -hmm. because maybe the crab are back. Yeah. And again, that goes back to gambling. If they're there, you're a hero. Yeah. And then, and then people are following your lead for the next five seasons. Right. Um, and, and, and that can be huge for your career. Potentially it can put you on the top of the list. You can be, you know, making the most millions of dollars for your boat that season. Um, but you can also go totally bust, which is what happened to Larusa this week. Um, and he had to, this is another thing that you see on the show almost every season is, um, you end up with, uh, uh, one of these captains, Colin Sig or Colin Phil Harris and saying, come on, man, please help me out. I got nothing. (laughs) Please help me out. And then, and they're, you know, they're usually pretty cagey about it, but they'll be like, okay, like you're twisting my arm, but it's, I'll give you something. It's all about Building effective relationships, mm-hmm. just like in life. There are guys <laughs> on the Bering Sea that'll help you, and there are guys that you might as well not call. Yeah. And and I, I have found that when the captains kind of have their catch, if there's somebody that they have a relationship with, they'll say, yeah, come on down. Mm-hmm. But it's like they own the water, which is also kind of crazy mm-hmm. because anybody can go anywhere, but they don't. It's right. It's like they know whose area is whose and and they kind of respect that um and, until they don't yeah and when they don't um they pay it, it can yeah it can get pretty contentious right um which is how i keep coming back to this comparison because i i've spent um 
quite a few years at this point working in restaurants, everything about the attitudes on, on these ships is just so similar to the attitude that I have found in kitchens, which is constantly sort of taking pride in what in another industry might be considered, you know, an abusive workplace, right. taking pride in, in working, you know, longer hours than one really should. Um, and, uh, you know, wh- whoever's new, you just, you just absolutely shit on them. <laughs> <laughs> you just are a real asshole to them, which we saw a lot of in this episode. Your mother said um, we're not allowed to cuss on this. I, I apologize. Okay. <laughs> Mom, I'm sorry. Um, the, uh, but yeah, they're just, they're just huge jerks, which is something that I got, you know, when I was first coming up as a cook, you know, I moved up from dishwasher to dish prep to, to line cook to eventually line lead. Um, and, and when you first start out, those line cooks are, are not nice, you know, well, they'll, it, they'll, they'll burn your hand to make you work faster. Are they also similar in that the boss is always right and it's not really a democracy? Absolutely. Yeah. You must go do this. Yeah, if if it's it's one thing if another cook is telling you something, but if the chef is there and and you know whatever chef says, it's getting done right then. Right. Um there's no question. And that's just like a crab boat. Um yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and there's one point actually in this episode where one of the greenhorns uh or maybe he's not a greenhorn, but one of the young guys is is talking about how he was supposed to get a 30-minute break and he was trying to take a nap. He only got 15. Um, and he says, you know, and the captain slept and then one of the older guys who's standing right there operating the, the, the crane to pull up the pots, uh, he, he asks him, did you get any sleep? And the older guy's like, what, I, who, who cares? Get back to work. <laughs> right. I don't care if the captain slept. Yeah. <laughs> it does not matter. Just do your job. And, and I can't, you know, personally, I'm not, I'm not going to say that I necessarily think that that's a, you know, a net positive, uh, culture or atmosphere to be in. Right. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. And I, I can sort of understand it having been in a very similar one. And it is kind of a family. Right. And there are kind of rules within the family. Right. There's, there's, there's loyalty. There's very strong loyalty. Um, it's like, you know, like I can, I can mess with you, but like if anybody else messes with you, then I'm going to take care of that. You know, it is a lot of that. Um, which, you know, right or wrong it, it, maybe it's not for us to say but it it is what it is yeah and there are some people who can deal with that kind of environment and it drives them to be better and then there are others and i look at it in sports as well mm. that when you have a coach that's a hothead and it's my way or the highway and you know some players just wash out and others get it and do the work and then they become part of the family right Right. Yeah. And I think it's a similar, there's been a big conversation in, in the development of video games for the last few years. There's been a lot of developers getting called out for their, they call it crunch in video games where you're getting too close to the deadline of when the game has to be finished so it can ship and people can play it, uh, on the day it's supposed to be released. And they start making their workers work insane hours just all week long, every single day, all day. You know, they're sleeping in the office and things like that. And that's been going on for decades. And it's finally people are saying this has to stop um, because, we, you know, we have families. We have people in our lives that we have to take care of. We have lives outside of work. 
work shouldn't be our entire life. It's one thing. And, and there are also people in the, the video game industries who, who say, you know, I'm making that choice. Right. I actually want to do that because this is the most important thing to me. There's nothing more important than this to me. This is my art. This is my creativity. I will give myself to that. Um, and I think that's fair if you want to make that choice. You know, I think any person who's ever been creative can understand wanting to make sure that it is right. Um, when you are putting yourself into this thing, at any cost, you'll make it right. But if there's also someone working next to you who doesn't want that, who does just want to be comp like uh, fairly compensated for doing a job that they're there to do, I, you know, I can't fault them for that either. You know, I think that they should be allowed to do that, right? Yeah, we believe in work-life balance where I work. And, Absolutely. And both are important, but your life is more important than your work. Yeah. Just my opinion, <laughs> throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, we're getting very opinionated on this episode. Yeah, wasn't this about Deadliest Catch? <laughs> I believe that it was at some point. Um, I mean, maybe I'll cut some of that out. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think that that about wraps what happened on this episode. I mean, it's most, they spend most of the time making the repairs, um, and dealing with whatever the first catches of the season are, whether or not they're on good or bad grounds, um, where they make their moves, what they do next. Right. And it sets up the next episode of, is there going to be a haul on a boat or not? Right. And, and so I guess to wrap up, we'll just give our final thoughts and I'll, I'll start with you. Um, I'll throw to you to give. So, uh, zero to 10 claws. Um, uh, I, th- I think that's the scale we used last time. It may have been it five. Zero to five. It was five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do zero to five claws. Yeah. No, uh, I, how many claws do you give this episode? I, I, I would give it four. Four claws. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a good score. Um, uh, any other final thoughts on the episode? Uh, just that I think that, that it does the job of setting you up for the season and the next episode. What they're doing right now is just trying to reel people in mm. and get them excited. And I think it does that in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think I'll go, I'll go a little, I'll go a little lower. I'll go three claws. Um, I think that this episode was, it was entertaining. It held my attention. Um, uh, but, um, you know, I, I do feel like, and maybe it's just that I know that cause I've seen later seasons. Um, I know that this show can reach higher heights than this. Um, uh, it, it does, it does make me miss that a little bit. So three claws, I think for me, um, which I think is still, still pretty solid. Um, and then, uh, just a little, a little bit of uh, housekeeping. It was teased on Twitter um, that I would be... Uh, I don't think that you have seen uh, my Twitter handle before. I will be revealing my Twitter handle to you um, and 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 what I'm changing it to. I changed it right before we started recording um, because my old one was just awful. And uh, I mean, it was based on nothing. It was not a joke really in any way. It was just sort of a gross string of words, um, just sort of unpleasant to read or look at or think about. Um, it used to be at Poopy Baby Fart on Twitter. Um, so if you look for that, you will not find me anymore. Instead, I am now at Randalorian underscore on Twitter. Randalorian was already taken. I feel like it should be mine because my name is Randy. Um, Randalorian, of course, is a play on my name and the Mandalorian. Uh, 
so that you know that may not age well this one may not last either um if the mandalorian better than the last one tv show ends thank you um uh any 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 socials that you'd like to plug um actually no i would like to say that i'm on as little social media as i possibly (laughs) can be i thought that might be the case um yeah, so so at Randallorian underscore, if, if you are in, at all interested in following me, uh, thank you to to Franklin and, and Jack and Van and everybody over there at at uh, uh, Buzzcast uh, for uh, allowing us to participate in the Buzz Tank. Um, best luck to everyone out there participating in Buzz Tank. Um, we're just uh, we're just happy to be here. So thank you so much. Um, And uh, that'll do it for this episode of Podlius Cast. Peace. Bye.